Hi, my name is Gary Myers. And I'm Joe Fontenot. And we're the hosts of the Answering the Call podcast. And this is the podcast where we talk to people who are answering God's call. Today, Gary talks with Jeff Audurge, a biblical studies professor here at Level College. Jeff talks about the importance of the Old Testament for Christians and for the local church. And so, here's Jeff. Joining me today is uh, Jeff Audersh, a professor at Lovell College, and uh, we had the uh, experience of working together in uh, the communications department here at the seminary uh, a number of years back, and uh, watched him uh, go from being a graphic designer and a student in seminary to becoming a, a professor, and so it's been exciting to watch that. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your call to ministry, and then how that eventually became this call to, to study the Old Testament deeply and then to ultimately become a professor. Sure. Um, I accepted Christ when I was eight, and so I just attended church my whole life. Had uh, Alan Jackson, former uh, full-time faculty here and now ministry-based faculty. He's one of my youth ministers and then had a really influential um, youth minister as a senior in high school. It was during my the summer between my senior, junior and senior year that I received a call to really got calling me into ministry didn't know what that looked like and then uh, pursued as you mentioned graphic design at um, Louisiana College but then God using Alan Jackson you had to get in a chapel sermon there at Louisiana College just really changed the direction of my path where I was going to go to Mississippi State hopefully for graphic design and then found myself coming to seminary I spent uh, five years getting an MDiv and uh, was working full-time and it was not until I, I'd gone to Israel a couple times with uh, Mr. Clay Corbin and Dr. Archie England. I really fell in love with Israel in general, and so I really fell in love with the history and didn't really know a whole lot about the Old Testament. It was when I took a, a class with Dr. Rick Barjon on Ecclesiastes that I really um, fell in love with the Old Testament. And I, I really fought the urge to do an Old Testament PhD. I didn't feel like I was adequate enough and um, told myself that unless – Dr. Byerjan told me I was good enough to do a Ph.D. in Old Testament. I would not pursue one. And uh, he walked in my office one day in the PR, in our communications office, and he, he said, Jeff, have you ever thought about doing a Ph.D. in Old Testament? And that sort of sealed the deal uh, for me. Uh, so then I started that journey after uh, Katrina served, worked still in the communications for about, I don't know, I guess six months to a year. Is that right, after mm-hmm. Katrina? Yeah, I think so. And then decided to transition to full-time doctoral student because I just didn't feel like I could adequately uh, – accomplish my goals and um, so I did that finished in 2010 and then um, taught at two different Baptist institutions in Georgia before coming here it's my third year at Lava College so I spent seven years in exile in Georgia and uh, with the Falcons and with the Falcons, uh, fans. The Falcons and Georgia fans and Alabama fans <laughs> everywhere yeah so it's pretty uh, rough sorry for our listeners that uh, <laughs> uh, resemble that remark and so um was there a, was there a moment that you really uh, that really clicked? You said, you know, I really want to teach this. I, I really want to. Uh... Yeah, as strange as it sounds, my first semester at seminary, I really felt like God was calling me to teach. Like mm-hmm. I just really felt because that was my goal for graphic design is get my MFA and in graphic design and just go teach at college. Mm-hmm. There's just something that I've always had that tug for. And then when I got to seminary, I just really enjoyed learning more about the Bible, and I just never let go of that dream. Just didn't know what avenue, so you know mm-hmm. I looked at New Testament 
theology and ultimately decided on Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So um, that for me, this is really my ministry. I mean, we were involved in the local church, but this is where I really feel called to, to really spend my life doing. That's great. Um, so what is it about the Old Testament that's kind of captured your imagination and, and what, what keeps you engaged in the study? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Old Testament is overlooked by a lot of uh, people just because I think it's hard to read. I mean, it's vast. Um, I, I actually enjoy the first five books, the law portions. I actually enjoy biblical law itself. Uh, it's it's an always it's always a challenge to study that, to, to understand it more, because in, in studying the law, you're able to identify more about God, who He is, His character. Um, and so for me to study the law, that really is just – I just keep going back to it because there's just so much there. You know, there's 613 laws, and you can never know them all. And so you really want to unpack those. Um, and then also I really find fascinating to me is the the struggles of the, of the people of the Old Testament. So individuals, how they really struggle with their faith. And I think that really does have implications for us as Christians today. It's really easy for us to get down on ourselves because of our faith uh, is not being lived out properly or we, we have some grievous sin. I think that we can look to these Old Testament saints and see how they persevered in the in, the, in these trials. Even after, like David, who who commits some grievous sins, he's still considered a man after God's own heart. And for me, that gives me encouragement. So it's not just an, an academic endeavor, but also a very spiritual endeavor. Um, that God is never going to be done with any of us, even if we commit some kind of atrocious sin. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned the law. Um, is would you consider that? Kind of what you specialized in, and well, my specialization is Deuteronomy and the Deuteronomistic literatures. Uh, that being the text that seen that Deuteronomy has influenced a good bit, and uh, so I spent really the last uh, eleven years studying Deuteronomy. Um, it's got a couple of publications in that area or ancillary areas to that. Um, so I really enjoy reading Deuteronomy. I think it is one of the most – I teach my students, I think it's the most important book of the Old Testament um, from just an Old Testament perspective mm-hmm. um, and because it, it captures the essence of, of monotheism and covenant and relationship with God as well as community. And I think that's something we miss sometimes in churches. We have this idea that our salvation is individualistic, which it is, but it's also corporate. There's corporate responsibility. Deuteronomy is really big on corporate responsibility uh, being in – communion with one another in the presence of God. And so that's really my area. Uh, that also obviously is tied into biblical law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deuteronomy has the largest law code in chapters 12 through 26. And so by default, that's the area I did my research in, in chapters 12 through 18. And um, But by doing research there, you have to do research in the other law codes. Mm-hmm. And so we would, I would, you know, not as versed, but fairly well versed in the Book of the Covenant in Exodus 20 through 23. In the Holiness Code, but but like I said, it's so vast. It's it's one of those things that you can take this section for a while, research it, and then move to another section, and mm-hmm. it's just completely different. Um, you don't really run out of a lot of no. topics there. No, you don't. Um, so uh, in recent years, uh, we've we've heard uh, some some of these have been uh, high profile. Uh, articles and things where you see some Christians kind of downplaying the importance uh, of the Old Testament. And uh, what are your thoughts about that practice of, of, of kind of diminishing the role of the Old Testament in the church? Sure. I think that is a – I think that's probably a common perception for laity in the church. Just 
Why do we need the Old Testament? Because we have Jesus. And um, they've tried to read the Old Testament, and then they don't see, how, you know, how do I put these pieces together? My own father says it to me, and Jeff, I don't understand how um, this stuff is, what it means, why it relates to me as a believer in Christ. And I always go back to him, and, and I start sort of broadly. I'm able to tell them, you know, we, we can't ignore it because it is the Scriptures for the New Testament writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, more specifically, um, Paul, for example, so he quotes directly from the Old Testament over 100 times. That does not count paraphrases or allusions. And so when you say read the book of Hebrews, you can't even make it through the first two chapters without a working knowledge of the Psalter. Uh, or Deuteronomy, for that matter, because he is quoting from, because that, that is the foundation upon which the covenant of Christ becomes. And so, for me, I challenge my students, you have to fall in love with it. You have to dig deep, because the idea of covenant is, is found first in, in the Old Testament. Even the, the, the looking to a need for a Redeemer in mm-hmm. Christ is there as well. Um, it's not always easy, and I think the weird stories, uh, the strange stories... They can be mind-numbing for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, the, the Old Testament, theologically speaking, and the God that is portrayed in the Old Testament, the, the, they, most people think he's this vengeful, hateful God, and I see a gracious, merciful, caring, patient mm-hmm. God. And, and that is the embodiment of Christ on earth in the New Testament. And so I try to teach our students that the, the, the God in the Old Testament is the same God incarnate in Jesus and that they just don't need to throw it away. In doing so, I think you hinder a working knowledge of the Old Testament, of the mm-hmm. New Testament altogether. Like you cannot fully grasp the depths of the New Testament without the Old Testament. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, I think of cases where Jesus is speaking, and he's he's really, you can tell he's been reading Deuteronomy, or he, you know, he's yeah. he's uh, he's well versed with with, uh, with this. In the early early church leaders, you see that um, uh, that. And, and do, it, a lot of it does come back to Deuteronomy during that time period. So uh, it's, it's so needed. Yeah, so in the New Testament, Psalms and Isaiah and Deuteronomy are the most quoted books mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Both, All three of those are quoted right around 70 or more times. Mm-hmm. By default, that should tell us that we should be reading at least those three books pretty thoroughly to understand why the biblical authors keep citing mm-hmm. them. And, um, and honestly, you can go to, say, a, cha- a, cha- a text like Romans 5 – Without the Old Testament, Romans 5 makes absolutely no sense when Paul is contrasting Christ redeeming us from sin because Adam failed. Mm-hmm. And so to unhinge the Old Testament from the New is a is a misjustice to the Old Testament, in my opinion. Right. So you've kind of talked a little bit about it, but how do you believe we should, uh, should uh, build up this um, Old Testament knowledge and understanding in the local church. How? What are some ways that we could approach that? Uh, I think, as a when I was a pastor, we would do some studies, obviously on Sunday night or Wednesday night, sort of not your normal Sunday night or Wednesday night kind of type of services. Um, being a teacher, I would usually, and I teach my students now everything you learn in seminary or level college, you should duplicate that for the local church. Um, you should take the material you're learning and find a way to give it to your people. And so, when I am in the in the church, when I was pastoring, we would we would spend weeks. You know, we do eight nine weeks on just the covenants of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and then that launches us into the New Testament understanding of who Jesus is. Uh, we would read through the Bible in a year. Um, 
I would say even doing trips to Israel is mm-hmm. a way. I've got friends who who they, they as pastors they take people to Israel and it, the Bible comes alive for them. They no longer th- see this just archaic book. It's now they, they see the, the rocks, they see the cities, they see the history, and they're able to really to dive in. Um, but ultimately, I don't think you can really understand and appreciate the Old Testament if you don't read it. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, we have to be people of the Word of God and not just of 27 in the New Testament. And we really have to really focus on those other books as well. And so just saturating yourself in that. Um, take parts of the Scripture you don't understand. One of my favorite books to teach to all the church is Leviticus because it's one of the most least it's one of the least understood books. And it's what a beautiful message it's in, that's found in that book. And 93 times it tells you to be holy. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the overarching premise is you're to be holy for the Lord your God is holy. Um, there's some crazy laws in there on surface surface level, but the concept of being holy to be in the presence of God is something that applies to, to Christians today as well. Well, you wouldn't uh, no no need for that message today, huh? Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, it's clear that we need we need that message uh, um, today. Uh, just that call to holiness. So, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit, I just I wanted you to think about. What character, what person of the of the Old Testament do you identify with most? Whose whose message kind of resonates with you? Um, I I really am a huge fan of of Jeremiah. Um, the book of Jeremiah, the prophet is in, and I I believe, and I think a few other scholars would agree. He is well familiar with the book of Deuteronomy, and I think he's preaching the book of Deuteronomy. Um, so we see in the book of Jeremiah a prophet who is taking the revelation of God in Deuteronomy and revealing it to the people of Israel in the midst of their idolatry and their running from God. And, and I think that's something I resonate with is because when we as Christians sin and move away from God, we need to go to Scripture to bring us back. And so for me, I see Jeremiah where my heart aches like his aches. Um, as a foster parent, we see families who, who are being destroyed by bad decisions. And my heart aches for those parents. It, it aches for their children, but it also aches for their parents because you know that in Christ they can be redeemed and, and broken from whatever bondage they find themselves in. And, and so Jeremiah makes me realize that, we, you know, that I, I, I mourn someone else's sin so that they can come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. Um, but on the flip side, for the, those believers, I like it. I mean, I can be accused of, of telling my students, like, it's, you know, you really just need to be obedient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that hard. It's just very clear. Scripture's clear on this issue. Be obedient. And so I, I can resonate with both sides of Jeremiah, his brashness as well as his soft-spoken mm-hmm. uh, and so soft heart for those that are away. That's good. So uh, in your role at Level College, you get a lot of um, – a lot of students, young students, preparing uh, for pastorate or, or other ministry. Uh, what's your favorite part about being a Old Testament professor at Level College? Uh, there's a couple things. So the first one I enjoy. Uh, my first semester here I had an 18-year-old and I had a 65-year-old in the same mm-hmm. class. Uh, obviously, you teach the class the same way, but the way you teach and handle students is drastically different. Um, Teaching a 65-year-old retiree, you're going to talk to, discuss things with that individual drastically different than an 18-year-old who may not have experienced a whole lot in life yet. 
Uh, so, so that aspect of Love College is just amazing that I get to teach a spectrum of students from multiple backgrounds, different countries, different ages. Uh, but ultimately, I think the joy that I have the most is being able to invest in students, to see the light bulb come on, um, to be able to connect dots from the Old Testament to the New Testament so they can finally start making the Bible and their understanding of the Bible their own and not something that they've been told about the Bible, but really unlocking it for themselves. Um, that, that to me is kind of watching that journey is the most enjoyable thing I've ever experienced. Because um, I can remember you know, Dr. Barjan and Dr. England doing that for me, is kind of opening my eyes to things and then sort of setting me down that path to let me then discover depths of God. And so that's probably my favorite enjoyment. Um, obviously, that, there, that comes with that as meetings with students in the office and getting to know them personally, getting to know their wives and their kids or just them individually, uh, their parents. Um, that, that to me is, is what's important. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, Dr. Barjan. Um, great man that, that taught here and served well as a pastor. Tell, tell us a little bit more about him. He's, he's sure. passed on. Yeah, he passed away a few years back from cancer. Um, he was a pastor of uh, several churches. Um, one of the most difficult professors, if not the most difficult professors I've ever had. Extremely intimidating um, to be in his classroom. It was terrifying. He, he expected the bar to be very high, and you had to meet that bar. Um, I remember in that class we had 13 students. I think six of us have PhDs now in different areas. And um, we were terrified of him. But he, I remember one day he came into class, and he was having some, some problems in his family, and, and he began to weep in class. And he began to ask for prayer uh, for he and his wife and his son. And that day I realized that he wasn't just the professor, that he mm-hmm. was, a, he was a, a colleague and a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he chided us for not coming by his office to spend time with him. I finally said, we're, we're terrified of you, Dr. Barjan. <laughs> um, we're truly terrified. And, and I think it, he wanted us to respect him, but what he ultimately wanted us to do was to love him. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm not to that level where I want my students to fear me the way Dr. Barajan did. But once you became friends with Dr. Barajan, you were, you were one of his, his loved students. And so um, I can still remember, I mean, I took that class in 2004, and I can still remember the conversations we would have in class. and the, I still have the notebook from that class. Um, just a wonderful man of God, lived out Ecclesiastes, what it meant to be a, a, a man in who is fearful of the Lord and love the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, he was a great, great preacher, um, great pastor, great professor. Just a just an all around yeah. good guy. I knew he played a big role in in um, helping you get to where you are today, and you know, just kind of passing on some of that to you. And um, so, if you're talking in a church or someone to someone who is really interested in Kind of getting, getting a better grasp on the Old Testament. You you mentioned you know you got to read it. I mean yeah, that's the first thing. Sure. But but where would you what would you tell that person who really wants to take a a, a more serious look uh, at the Old Testament? Sure, absolutely. I would recommend there 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 are a variety of, of resources I think are available for laity. Honestly, I am not a big fan of commentaries. I know maybe other. Other scholars here are. I mean, I have commentaries, but I, I don't. Telling a church member to go read a commentary is a little overwhelming. 
I think what would be helpful for them to it would be to find a really helpful introduction introduction to the Old Testament and read that. Um, and then almost have weekly meetings over it, kind of, okay, you've read this. Now, do mm-hmm. you have any questions? Um, because once you start studying the Old Testament, you start realizing there's some things that, that we may have been taught in church that, that may not really be exactly the way it is that's mm-hmm. happening in Scripture. And so I would have them read a good introduction. Um, if they're not, if, if, they're, if, they, if they're a little too worried about reading a 500-page book, there are a lot of really good 150, 200-page introductions over each canonical section, which are very helpful as well. Um, but I would find an Old Testament introduction that, that does not just tell you what the history of the text is and who wrote it and when they wrote it and why they wrote it or the structure, but also how to interpret it and apply it and how does it, what does it matter for Christians today. Like that, I think that's the disconnect is how do you take something that's old and make it relevant to today. And the reality is you don't have to make it relevant for today. You just have to be shown why it's relevant for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some textbooks out there that do that. Um, and I think I think church members would benefit greatly from that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, kind of summing summing up, um, you know, you mentioned the holiness. You know, this this uh, this uh, look at God and God's holiness and God's relationship uh, with man. But what what would be your kind of uh, your one one sentence encouragement to people who in the church for the Old Testament. One sentence that's tough. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I would think be consistent and persevere through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more you read of it in chunks, three chapters, five chapters at a time, and you consistently read it kind of in its order. Within a few weeks, you'll start seeing the message really coming together. Mm-hmm. And so by being persistent and consistent, you will see those things. And I think you'll realize, man, I, I really am starting to see these threads of, that are really important for me, for my life, but also why they, why it points to the need for Christ. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that, that would be more than one sentence. But, <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm very verbose. Caught you off, caught you off guard with that one, though. So, um, so one last thing uh, before we go, and um, what, what's your favorite verse of the Old Testament or favorite uh, no, chapter? Yeah, yeah, chapter so, or verse? So I have several. So um, obviously, my favorite verse would be the Shema Deuteronomy six four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one alone. You love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of, or with all of your heart, with all of your soul, or all of your might. And really, the text is really am, ambiguous there toward the end. It's love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your, you know, with all your soul, and then with all of everything about who you are. Mm-hmm. Like the text is just, and with your very muchness. And, and so, really taking that into part, your 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 cognition, your brain, but also your activity. You do that to the very best of your ability. Um, so obviously that's my favorite verse, but I, I would say one B um, is is Jeremiah um, chapter three verse twenty two. Uh, so chapter three verse twenty two, uh, there's this Hebrew word that keeps occurring to, to return around or return, and it's used around eleven to thirteen times depending on on how it's being used in the text. I mean it could be kind of compound, you know, built as a compound word or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it starts broadly where where Jeremiah is saying you need to return to me. Oh, you faithless people, you faithless sons, 
or faithless children, and then you faithless sons. But in chapter 3, verse 22, he says, when you do turn around, I will heal your faithlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a beautiful portrait of the gospel for now, because we meet mm-hmm. so many people who are like, I'm too filthy to go to church, right. or God will never forgive me of my sins. And, and that verse tells us he will. It's you admitting and turning around. The, the verb there is literally to turn yourself around and, and look at God, and it says in a compound word there, and He will forgive you of your turning aroundness, of your backsliddenness, of your unfaithfulness. Um, I go back to that anytime I'm struggling with my with my my life. I mean, our lives are full of ups and downs, um, and they don't always have to be tied to. To sin, they could be when my mother died two years ago. It's just that pain that's there to know that I can just physically turn around and He will heal me of my lack of faithfulness to Him in that moment of of, of despair or heartache. And um, so that verse to me is really, really encouraging, uh, both ministerially to do evangelism, but also just perseverance into it as a saint, striving after to live after you know live as Christ. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for your passion for the Old Testament, and thank you for passing that along to people who serve our churches because, um, yeah, I just it, it grieves me to see churches kind of ignoring the Old Testament, and, and uh, it's a rich, uh, rich part of our, our, our faith, and, and, and uh, we, we definitely need to uh, continue to deeply. Uh, drink from that well. So uh, thank you for that and thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me. Hey, it's Gary and Joe here again. Would you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, go to iTunes and leave us a review. This would mean the world to us. Thanks.